All right, so you ready for the season finale of season two? Let's do it. Season finale. We always get two episodes in and then we always we just give up. Welcome everyone to that one movie podcast. My name is Eric Voorhees with Patrick Conyer, and we are going to talk about a movie we recently saw that you saw probably a long time ago. <laughs> or you probably didn't see it. Or you may not have. Yeah. Yeah, and then we're just gonna spoil it for you, so look, we want you guys to watch good movies and quit wasting your precious time on movies that aren't as good. So We'll give you our two cents, and then we'll go into spoilers. Yeah, later on in the show. But right now, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about our subtopic, and so which is what we have every week. And so, Eric, what have you been watching? Well, since uh, July Fourth was around the corner, that means Stranger Things came out. So, of course, we've been working through Stranger Things. This is a since I am married, I have to watch this with the wife. So it's been a slow meandering process of <laughs> one episode a night because we have kids and jobs and we just can't sit around for five hours at a time and watch it. Man, I haven't I haven't seen a single episode of Stranger Things um, three. I've watched okay. one and two, All right. but I haven't seen three. And so I've done really well with my social media tactics and not letting anyone spoil it for me. You know, it's been less than a week and I kind of feel like if you're spoiling a TV show under a week, you got you got problems. Yeah. You need to not be posted on social media. So there's been multiple posts on my Facebook feed that have been labeled as spoilers. Do not read the comments after mm-hmm. the comments. And so as soon as they come up, I either... Sorry to the guys that I've unfollowed. Um, I will f- I will follow you back once I watch it, but just so that I don't have that ruined for me, like yeah. Endgame was. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing that. Um, Jessica Jones, uh, tearing through that. And then we went and saw uh, Spider-Man, Far From Home. The new one. Yep. Yeah. That was a good movie. Um, and... I'm not saying that we should necessarily talk about that one because I know we've gotten, you know, some pushback from half of our followers, the one guy, um, yeah, mm-hmm. saying that we need to do more adult movies. So yeah, I wasn't but, sure if he was talking like like adult <laughs> film or if he was talking about like rated R film. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just not cartoons or comic book movies. Probably. Yeah, I guess I maybe know. we should start focusing more on L.A. Yeah. LA people, these, these people, but yeah, far from home is good. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean, he's such a good actor, such a good actor. Um, and yeah, so that's all I'll say about that movie. What about you, man? What have you been watching? So I've been watching a whole lot of, uh, YouTube actually. Uh, I've been watching, uh, some short films that have been popping up. I watched this one. It, it, it really struck a nerve with me. Actually, it didn't because I can't even remember the name of it. It was just really weird. But it was shot on um, 16 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And it was it was beautiful, you know, storyline and stuff. And it was it was great. I don't remember the name of it. I'll have to find it. I think it was like Homing In or something. 
mm-hmm. um, or it had it had a little bit of dialogue or something like that, but it was just really airy and weird, um, but visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been trying to get to the theater to see yesterday, so I'm gonna go probably this weekend and catch it. All right, that'll be good. Yeah, yesterday looks pretty yeah. good. I'm actually kind of looking forward, and hopefully that'll that'll bring us up to speed with more adult movies, you know. Uh, and we can talk about some some films that are, you know, for for our age range, I guess. Since our our one follower there doesn't doesn't think we talk about adult movies, you know, but, Toy um, Story Four is not an adult movie. I don't know what is. Right or Incredibles, <laughs> two. Yeah. Oh well. But some people. So. So I got a topic for us. This one's going to probably take a minute to get through. All right. But you ready for this one? Yes. Hit me. It's controversial in the first two months of the year, and we're going to talk about it late because that's what we do. That's what we Um, do. Since we're talking about a movie that came out in February of this year, and we're talking about it in July. Um, So you ready? Yep. You ready for this one, Eric? Yeah. You sitting down? Yes. Yep. You got tea. You got tea, hot tea, because you're probably gonna you're probably gonna talk a lot during this. Do one. I need to spit it out? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you get mad. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready? Should Netflix films be considered for an Oscar? And if so, why? And if not, why? Yeah. Who, who side? I mean, I don't know. I guess the rules for Oscars are kind of arbitrary, right? Like Mm -hmm. what makes Oscars the Oscars? Well, whatever those people decide. So that's kind of up to them. I think it's kind of crappy that just because they're not released in the traditional sense that they would be excluded. Um, I mean, if Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, I mean, not if I'll ever get to Netflix, we'll see. But let's say they didn't release that in theater. I mean, this is a legit filmmaker. They spent, not that money should be the defining um, aspect, but they spent a legit amount of money on it. And I just don't understand why, just because it goes straight to a streaming platform, it shouldn't be considered for an Oscar. But if you do that, maybe HBO should slide on in there and say, well... Let's look at some of our movies that only come to our network. And maybe those should be considered for Oscars as well. I I think that would be fair, right? But I mean, it's it, for the I guess for me it's this is just arbitrary stuff, right? If you don't want to include it, then that's completely fine. That's your prerogative. But if you want to like that's also okay. Because you guys make the rules. You guys make the rules. It's an award show. We have awards for everything. Like there are constantly awards being given out to movies, to artists, to musicians. And so, you know, it's up to you what you guys want to do. So I, I really am fine with whatever they want to do. I just think have have reasons and realize like it's it's not look, the best movie doesn't always win you know the award sometimes you know these people are campaigning for oscars um there's just this stigma of 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like a, a pride that comes along with it, with winning an Oscar. But, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't make your movie any better or any worse having an Oscar or not having an Oscar. Well, that I think, I think they're there. It's almost like, um, politics. They're being yeah. lobbied, you know, exactly. and, and I think that's the same reason why Netflix isn't being considered because it's a threat. It's a, it's a direct threat to the film industry with, with theaters. It's a, it's a threat to theaters. It's a threat to, um, theatrical directors, just like Steven Spielberg, who's one of my favorite directors, but who is one of the ones who is completely against it all the way. Mm -hmm. They're just arbitrary awards. Like they don't mean anything. Sure. They, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of, I don't know. That's, that's my thought. Like, because people, people are willing to vote with their money and Academy Awards doesn't really care because it's just a group of people. And then they also like to be pat on the back. Like they, they like their wheels greased by these people who are lobbying for whatever movies that they're pushing. It's just, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It it just seems pointless to me, you know, to, to get all huffy and puffy about it. I, I, I agree. They shouldn't get huffy and puffy about it, but I do, but I understand what you're saying, but do you think an Oscar, an Oscar, should go to a Netflix film if Netflix films can hand like r- stand toe to toe with uh, a theatrical. They can. They, if they can stand toe to toe, yeah, they should definitely, definitely get one. I mean, I don't see why not. Like I said, I mean, they're high cal, not all of them, but a lot of them are high caliber films. Sure. So, um, yeah. If you if you asked people in the industry, what would you rather have, longevity or an Oscar? They would rather have longevity. I think anybody so, would would want that. I don't yeah. think anyone. So unless unless so they're I think, I think unless they're think, narcissistic. Yeah, I think I think uh, Netflix wants longevity, and even though it's kind of fun to talk about, but at the end of the day, they just want to make great content. Yeah, and they they want to continue to push that, and I think people would rather continue to watch good content. I mean, there's a lot of movies that are nominated for Oscars that nobody watched. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Shall we? <laughs> you may have heard there was a prison break. It was Bonnie and Klein. Governor, this has to end. They've committed dozens of armed robberies and several cold-blooded murders. What do you plan to do about Bonnie and Clyde? We will capture them. Write that down and underline it twice. There's only one. Is this movie worth a watch? Is it worth sitting at your house, making some popcorn, and watching? You know, if you like gangster movies, um, this is definitely a different take on a gangster movie uh, that I think is definitely it. It's a good watch. You're not going necessarily. You're not going to be kicking yourself because you you saw it. I don't think you're going to be kicking yourself if you didn't though. And so, I mean, if you got a couple hours to kill and you've already been flipping through uh, your streaming services and you can't find anything to watch in the last 10 minutes, yeah, throw this thing on. It is, it is not a bad movie. 
uh, you'll enjoy it. So I guess that's kind of where I am. It's kind of middle of the line. What do you, what do you think? I would agree. I would, um, you know, when we, when we saw it, it, it looked good to me mainly because of the cinematography. Oh yeah. Um, and it, it, for me, that was attractive. And I was like, you know what? I really like Woody Harrelson and I really like Kevin Costner. So I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. And I ended up actually enjoying it. That's, you know, that's why I gave it a seven out of 10. And I think, um, I want to say my wife enjoyed it to me too, but I, I can't remember. Um, but, but I thought, I thought, I think it's worth a watch. I think it's worth totally making some popcorn. Even if you can't find something, like if you're scrolling through and you can't find something, I, I, I would, I would put it on there as a watch list item for sure. Speaking of winning, speaking of winning Oscars, let's talk about some people who have never won Oscars. (laughs) Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson. Actually, I, I, has Kevin Costner? No, you you know what? I take that back. He has won Oscars. Do you know? Do you know what movie he won an Oscar for? Mm, uh, what's oh he? yeah, I hear that keyboard. Yeah, you heard the keyboard because I'm trying to figure yeah. out. I believe it's 1990. Yep, I am right about that. See, you 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 know this stuff more than I do. So, yeah. I don't he pay did, for the film industry as much as you do. Man, he did everything wrong for his first movie that he directed. He made it super long. He had lots of animals. He had children. Uh, you know what? He didn't he didn't put it on water. That was probably because they always tell you, you know, this is the first time directing. Don't shoot kids, don't shoot animals, and don't shoot it on water. Like those was are the hardest world? things to do. Is he got it no. out from Dances with Wolves? Dances with Wolves. Has a runtime of three hours and five Ew. minutes, bruh. I, that's, bruh. that's probably why I can't. I probably won't go see Endgame. It won seven Oscars. What? Yes. Best picture, best director, best writer, cinematographer, sound editing, and music. It was nominated also for best actor. Best actor, best actress, best art direction, best costume. So yeah, leading role and supporting. I had, yeah. I had no idea. The only movie Dude. that I remember him like in as yeah. in nineteen ninety. I dude, I was how old are you? Were you born? Were you alive? I was, yeah, I, was, I didn't I didn't see this movie until um until after like twenty ten. I was a year old. You know why? You know why? Because it had the Oscar logo on it. I was like, look, <laughs> no, no look, way. Look at look at that Oscar logo. I no know way. this is going to be a good movie. You're a liar. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I had a friend. I had a friend who just he's like, dude, I love Dances with Wolves, and I don't know why. And in college, and it was so weird because it, it coming from him, it just did not seem like the type of movie he'd be interested in because he usually found his movies based on what Mr. Skin said. And I'm just mm. like, oh, but this guy cares about Dances with Wolves. Interesting. Mm. And it's got an Oscar logo. So there's on the, there's a, DVD. the only movie that I ever remember him for mm-hmm. is Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, man. Every dad's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Dreams, a baseball movie, right up yeah, there with Sandlot. 
Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a good one for me. And then the most recent one that I remember him from is uh, McFarland USA. Yeah, you know the yeah. the, the track track and field one or yeah, which which by the way we saw at the drive-in a long time ago. Yeah, uh, I think when it came out, and it's a beautiful film. Oh man, I didn't realize. Yeah, it is a beautiful film. I didn't think it was a super strong film, but it was beautiful. Yeah, I no, it's, it, it was not a strong film at all, but it was beautiful. Like the color, um, just the cinematic well, feel of it was beautiful. So just so you know, that director of McFarland is the director of Mulan. That's going to be coming out, the live action Mulan. Uh-oh. Yeah, and that trailer looks incredible like i wasn't excited about aladdin and i haven't seen it yet but i am pumped for mulan hmm but yeah Uh, with all the with all the disney crap coming out right now i'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) there's just so much going on right now um remember we talked about this in the last episode this is the year of disney this is disney disney man it's disney's year of flex I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if sixty percent of the box office this year went into Disney's pocket. Oh, it, it's it's gonna. It's happening. Yeah, if not more. Aladdin, Toy Story Four. Um, he is. He has been. Kevin Costner has been make, making movies for a long time. Mm-hmm. Golly, he's done a lot of baseball. I, I believe he was also. He played baseball in college. Beats me, dude. But, I just remember Phil yeah. Dreams, and I remember him in uh, uh, McFarland. But other than that, like, mm, I don't remember uh, him much. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He was known for his astounding English accent. Oh, is this as bad as? Thereof. Is this as bad as? Um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Conair. You know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage's Italian accent. Yeah, yeah. My friend, yep. my friend at work showed me um, that movie, and I was. It's on YouTube. The full movie is on YouTube. It's that bad, but it show. He showed me the clips of him talking um, Italian, and I was like, "Oh my lord!" Well, I think it's like it's this. So is, I think it's French because I think he's from Louisiana. I could be wrong. No, he's 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 Italian, and he's speaking Italian. And he's always trying to speak Italian, and it's it comes off mm. terrible. What is his yeah. name? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, we need to do yeah. we need to do a we need to do a subtopic on Nicholas Cage films because I feel like I feel like everybody has a Nicholas Cage film that they like, but they're and too they, ashamed he, to talk about it. And they have several they hate. <laughs> oh yeah, like I I have one that I can't stand, and I will will never watch it. Every time it's on a TV or I see it on a TV, I always either walk past it or I flip the channel. Yeah, but we'll save well, that. We'll save that for a conversation. R- real quick though, I just want to give a shout out to Kevin Costner because he has got some great movies under his belt. Mm. Um, if you like westerns, Open Range was super good with Robert Duvall. Uh, the Guardian, with uh, where he plays um, a Coast Guard um, person, I don't know, officer, Coast Guard officer, uh, and then Mister Brooks, where he plays a serial killer, hmm. and it, it those are fantastic movies. The you said Just the Guardian, 
Yeah, the Guardian. It's got yeah. um, Ashton Kutcher my, in it. Yeah, I think it's my brother, the I, one that won't download this, but he won't listen to it, but he'll download it. I think that's one of his. I think that's one of his I favorite. Think I cried at that movie. Like it was really? good. Yeah, wow. it was. It was legit good. Maybe I need to watch it. Um, Clint I, I Eastwood watch it, directed him a movie called A Perfect World, which is also really good. But that's an older movie, like ninety. That's ninety three. But, mm. anyways, all right. So let's get back. Wait. Let's talk oh, about go. Woody Harrelson. We're we're we've gone Woody in the Kevin Costner. We can't not go to Woody Mr. White Man Can't Jump and not talk about his Mr. White one Man and only jump. great movie. What 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 are you talking about, man? Like Woody <laughs> do you know how Woody Harrelson got into acting? No, and to be honest with you, I probably don't really care, but go ahead and tell me. Tell me. I'm gonna tell you. He got into acting to pay for his father's lawyer to help get his father off of a murder uh, murder charge that he was facing. Because his father, from my understanding, and I could be wrong, but I think I've heard this from multiple sources, his father was a hitman. And the murder charge that he was facing, he didn't actually do, but they knew he's done several other murders. So he got into acting, he got onto Cheers to help pay for his father's uh, lawyer bills. And... Now he's doing pretty good for himself. Huh. So I will say, I will say he's You didn't got, see that one coming. No, I did not at all. That's probably why he got into basketball too and why make can't jump. But anyways, um, I uh, I enjoyed him in Out of the Furnace. Have you seen that? Yeah, Out of... Oh, man. He's really good at creating uh, intense, crazy characters. Yeah. And, um, and then I, you know probably not gonna <clears throat> win the hearts of many people when i say this but i really enjoyed him in solo yeah yeah he wasn't bad in liked, solo. i actually like solo mm-hmm. um and then the last film well not the last film but you know mr Tallahassee himself in zombie zombie which, which yep. they're making a zombie land two two and i'm actually pretty excited about that because i'm a zombie land fan i mean i want it to be great I want it to be great. I have my reservations, but I really want it to be great. Yeah. No country for um, old men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was hard to mess up in that movie. Right. But yeah, anyways, he was in Palmetto, which, which funny story. Woody Harrelson was in Bradenton, Florida. One day, my mom was leaving the courthouse and there he was standing there in the, in the lobby. Huh. And uh, and she's always been a fan of Woody Harrelson. So my mom got to meet him. Uh, yeah, that's how that's how I've I remember him. My mom made me watch uh, White Man Can't Jam. Yeah. What about uh, you? Ever seen the movie Kingpin? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good Woody Harrelson movie. Didn't didn't really care for it, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. When when did you watch it? Probably when I was like a teenager. So like two years ago. (laughs) There are some great lines. He was trying to prove his worthiness to the Amish people. So he went out and milked the cow and he's bringing it back. And they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't have any uh, females. He's like, oh, maybe that's why it took so long. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. Anyways. (laughs) 
Fine, All right. Just remove that. <laughs> just leave, let's just leave it in. Are you sh- I mean, that was funny. Oh, well. So let's talk about um, John Lee Hancock, the director of The Highwaymen. Yeah. He's got some uh, uh, he's got some good movies under his belt. Two. Yeah. And one, I don't know if it's even actually a good movie. What? I haven't... Well, he's won an Oscar for well, Best Picture. I'll be you know what? That's great. I I don't know. Yeah. He's only he won he won it for the blind side. side. Yeah, but that, I don't feel like that was a good movie. And actually well, I mean I, I thought it was a good movie. I don't I wouldn't consider it necessarily like a phenomenal Oscar winning movie, but um I will say that but, the the rookie was a good movie, but maybe because I was I'm always been a baseball fan. Yeah, the the rookie was a here's the thing with the rookie. Well and and the blind side. Actually, now that I think oh my gosh. Wait a second. Does this guy only do movies that are uh based on real life? The Rookie, The Alamo, The Blind Side, Saving Mr. Banks, The Founder, The Highwayman. Oh my gosh. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because The Rookie for me and The Alamo and The Blind Side, all of those were kind of like, uh, I mean, they're not bad, but I didn't think they were like amazing. Um, I thought they were all good. Uh, I thought The Blind Side, it was, I, I enjoyed myself. Same thing with the rookie, the Alamo, saving Mr. Banks. I enjoyed. Now the founder. That is probably his best movie, in my opinion. That movie was super good about uh, Ray Kroc and the founding of McDonald's. Mm. Have you seen that? Mm. Nope. Oh my land! That's definitely the best movie on uh, his uh, director I'm, list. I'm gonna boycott anything that has to do with McDonald's because it makes me fat. <laughs> McDonald's doesn't make you fat. You eating McDonald's makes you fat. When I look at McDonald's, it gives me gain. I gain, gain five pounds. You got uh, Michael Keaton, best actor. Mm, yeah. Wait, that's a uh, that's not an Oscar, is it? Um, nope. Man, I can't so, keep up with these different awards. The Highwaymen. Highwaymen. We're finally getting to it. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Released on Netflix this year. It's got a fifty-eight meta score. Did t- doesn't look like it's do- like people liked it, mm-hmm. but probably because of Woody Harrelson. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. Maybe it was Kathy Bates because you know movies are the devil. No, no. I th- maybe it was just because it was released on Netflix. Oh, that's right, because it wasn't nominated for an Oscar and nobody knew about it. No, everybody with a Netflix account knew about it. Oh, yeah, because it overtook the homepage for like two weeks. Yeah. But on IMDb, it's got 7 out of 10. Um, That's probably what I would rate it. Yeah. And um, And I feel like... Um, I feel like it was a fun movie. Um, I and I feel like it just started getting good at the end, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, released in was it is it February? I think it was released. No, I don't know. 
Anyways, but, um, all right. So, why don't we tell them what it's about? So maybe, maybe you should. The highway based on the true untold story. Make sure you tell that. It is based on the true previously told story. I mean, somebody had to be told that this had happened, so it, it's not an untold story. Um, maybe it's being told for no, the first no, time. No, 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 no. No, the Highwayman follows the untold story of the legendary. Well, how did the filmmakers know about the story? Bonnie and Clyde. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how the filmmakers knew about it. It's the untold story. All right. So this is about a pair of uh, wash-up uh, Texas Rangers um, actors. Actors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Woody Harrelson's washed up, and Kevin Costner's He's not dying. washed up. He's mostly just yeah, retired. <laughs> They're both fantastic actors. I, anyways, so these these Texas Rangers it it tackles the story of Bonnie and Clyde through their eyes, um, and I think it's super interesting. Uh, it's, it's called the Highwaymen, which is a term used for uh, uh, bandits, robbers, and uh, yeah, I think I I was going to say it's it's probably like a six and a half for me, just because it's not necessarily. Uh, my type of movie, but it was still a good movie. I wasn't necessarily bored. I just wasn't super excited to watch it. Uh, well, I guess I'm just too gracious with my my numbers here. Yeah, but it's totally my style, my type of movie. Yeah, because I like those those like moody um, feels. You know, yeah. like it's it's such a moody looking. Um, film when it comes to the color and the lighting and how they shot exteriors, it reminds me so much of um, it. It it reminds me so much of like a Roger Deakins look. So I don't even know who the Deakins maybe, is. Maybe maybe you watch movies differently. I care about the story. Yeah, you care about the story. I don't. I can't care about the story. Um, no, I care about the story. I thought that I I, I enjoyed. Anyways, if, if, you, if you guys like gangster movies, definitely check it out. Um, I think it's really good. Um, and I think what you're saying, Patrick, is you also recommend it. Um, but yes. let's go ahead and get into the spoilers and break down the movie from our okay. well, hold on point a second. Okay. I know why I liked it. Why? I know why I liked it. Shut the front door. Hold on. We're going to talk about this in a minute. But anyways, this uh, John Schwartzman is the direct the dp mm-hmm. right <sighs> that's a really long sigh he did, you're, you're gonna have to did. edit that out no i'm gonna leave it in there he he did pearl harbor oh yes the classic he, classic the uh classic love story of pearl harbor mm-hmm. yeah he did um armageddon <laughs> Man, he did. him and Michael Bay must be tight. <laughs> did he? Did he also do the all the Transformer movies? No. no. Guess what else he did? He did 50 the Sh- Rookie, Fifty Shades. Oh, he did Rookie. Yeah, so he's he done more. Uh, yeah. More. Uh, so he. I'm looking. I'm looking at his stuff right now. Okay, so he's got. Man, he's got a decent. Decent number of movies. This guy's always working. The first... Okay, so you're looking at IMDb, yeah, right? Of course. Do you see the first film 
that's announced. You mean at the for twenty twenty one? Oh yeah, Jurassic World three. Well, he did Jurassic World. Why? What? Why? Why did he do it? Why? He probably got paid good no, money. Why? Why do we need another one? Well, there was our. They were always planning to do three. Now the dinosaurs are out. <laughs> on, he mean we're just at a Jurassic Park again. They, they're not going to the park. It's Jurassic <laughs> World. It's Jurassic World. That's what these movies have been on. about. All right, we're gonna move. You should cut all of that. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Let's get into some spoilers. Let's start really talking about the movie. I mean, that's what this podcast is about: is talking about the movie we watch and telling you why we liked liked it or didn't like it, or even just little things that we liked or didn't like about it. Okay, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it. Go for first it. spoiler. Bonnie and Clyde I die. Love. I yes, but I so. There's two things that I love about this film. All right. Three things. The first one is I loved that they didn't show Bonnie and Clyde other than two times. Yeah. You never get a clear look at Bonnie and Clyde's face until the very end. I thought that, I thought that was super, super good um, aspect well, you, of storytelling. You get to see Bonnie. You can see Bonnie's face once well, before, but the it's end. not super clear. Like she's out of focus, right. and you get to right. see Clyde's but you, face you once, out. but he's got a hat that's obscuring most of his face for most of the shot. Right. So I enjoyed. That. I thought yeah. that was. I thought that was great. I think it added to the allure of them being, you know, very mysterious criminals, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I thought that I thought that was good storytelling, uh, and that was a good decision on the director's part, writer's part, and yeah. Yep. Um, I love the end of the film. I thought, I thought, um, it for me it was it was it was wild. Like when they were shooting the car, and like it just kept going. Yeah. Because there was so much so much anger built up in inside of them because of all of the police officers that they killed. Yeah. Um, and cause they only had to do was shoot him like two or three times, but they like unloaded on that. And car. that's because that's what they did in real life. <laughs> right. There's over, I think right. it was over like 130 rounds, uh, shot mm-hmm. into the car and mm-hmm. like, we didn't want to take any chances. Well, yeah. So I, um, but, uh, that and then the ending when all the people were freaking out and reaching in the car and like pulling on the bodies. Yeah. It was a little nuts. How they like paraded him. Yep. That was wild. Yeah. You know, it was so this movie set in the Great Depression, the beginning of the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl era. Um, and I don't know, like just, I mean, this is before TV stations really. You know, this is before TV shows. Uh, people listen to the radio for their news, and news traveled much slower. I, I guess the way people were entertained back then were a little bit different. I mean, this is our version of the gladiator arena, right? So we mm-hmm. have people killing people, but now we just think it's okay. And that was their form of entertainment. The fact that they got, you know, 15,000, 20,000 people to a funeral of a criminal who killed people uh, yeah, is to me, it's kind of like, I don't understand that. You're right. It's just nuts. 
Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, it was super interesting. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. And what I one thing I like about that is, so I usually have trouble with um, like true life stories or true stories, and because life just isn't as exciting as movies. You don't believe me? Sure. Watch a nature documentary and then look up how nature documentaries are filmed and edited. And you're going to realize, oh, okay. <laughs> Real life. Yeah, it's just going to ruin the magic for me. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. And I would recommend that nobody do that. Don't do that. Look, it's just real life's boring. But what's crazy is that those final aspects that you're pointing out, that really happened. It really you're happened. Right. Yeah. Very similar. Well, and they show they show in the end credits the oh yeah the archived footage of it well, and i was sitting there and Jalen and i were cuz my wife and i watched it together and we watched it um on our couch with our own popcorn it was pretty awesome we had a little movie theater anyways but it's not the so, same experience it's not the same experience it's not at all um but we were sitting there and those scenes came up like the original clips and they didn't maybe maybe it was cuz i had already seen them recreated through the film mm -hmm. but when i saw those it didn't bother me as much i didn't feel like it was as exaggerated as much as it was in the in the end scene yeah you know yeah um well i mean and maybe i don't know just because uh you, you the story was a little disconnected in the images and the yeah the post sure. and you've already had time to digest uh, it yeah well and you had time to develop the the character relationships and and all that stuff throughout the thing and then when it ended it was kind of like a relief mm -hmm. yeah you know um how did you feel i can't remember the guy's name but um at the bar is it uh McNabb, McNabb. wade McNabb? yeah like the kid that they um released who was friends they got him out of jail and then um yes and then he got killed you know, so, mm -hmm. all right, so I'm going to answer that. I'm going to pull out and kind of look at like big picture, right? Um, the, you know, even from the title Highwaymen, all right? As I was watching this movie, I was thinking, okay, so who's the bad guys here? And I feel like they kind of pointed that out in the movie. Uh, your two main uh, characters, you know, they have, uh, um, they they have a reputation. Uh, they keep on referencing throughout the movie. Other people bring it up, and eventually they tell the story of how they got the reputation. And then you also have Bonnie and Clyde. They have a reputation. Who killed more people? Well, the two main characters, the two uh, lawmen, have killed more people. And then they finally tell that story of uh, how they come to get their reputation and it's they killed 52 people uh uh in this one uh shootout where they just shot these people who were asleep they didn't say hey hands in the air or anything they shot them and killed them and then they said hands up but everybody's already dead so so you get that that conflict uh, when McNabb dies between uh, Woody Harrelson's character and Kevin Costner's character. And they're like, you know, is this our fault? And 
Costner's character is like, no, this guy made his own decisions, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it was kind of their fault. Um, and it's super interesting. And I think it comes full circle. Um, and I don't think this part really happened. But in the movie, for the character arc to come full circle at the end where he's standing in front of the car and he says, hands up to Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. That was him trying to find redemption. You know, like there needs to be a difference between these criminals and me. Right. And so so I think that was kind of the in the I guess for me, like the big hang up is like his character arc is so subtle. Like, I don't know if everyone's going to see it the same way that I saw it, but I think that was intentional. Like that character arc. Uh, and then kind of reflecting like them versus the bad guys, you know, the Bonnie and Clyde didn't kill nearly as many people um, as those guys did, but those are the, considered the well, good they, guys. Bonnie and Clyde killed good people. Oh the, yeah. I mean, we Does don't, well, we don't know if they're good people or not, but yeah, like right. I, yeah. But at the same time, you know, these these lawmen have also killed people um, unjustly. Not, not that those people weren't bad people, but they did it in an unjust way, right? He even tells a story about the first person he killed. Um, and it was kind of pretty much getting revenge for that person shooting him um, months back. And it's just, you know, it, I, I think it just was... I think they were trying to question like what makes it right Um, and where do we draw that line? Um, But yeah, that's something I, that's something I was thinking about during the movie that I saw um, that I thought was super interesting. So yeah, McNabb, I think when it, in my heart of hearts, when it comes down to it, the person who's guilty for getting somebody killed is the person who killed them. <laughs> so I would say most of the blame goes to the, you know, the Bonnie and Clyde gang that killed McNabb. But I also think the Texas Rangers did screw up and they, they kind of got the kid killed. So hmm. uh, what's your thought? Um. I'm going to go with Kevin Costner. I feel like the kid got himself killed. Yeah. 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 I just, I mean, it's the, it's, it's what happens when you get too close to the fire. Mm. You know, um, how do you feel about the, uh, scene where Kevin Costner pulls up and Woody Harrelson's like, uh, drunk on the, uh, um, he's like on the front porch of his house. Mm-hmm. You know, like Kevin Costner's coming to find him, but really he sees his kids and he ends up turning around. Yeah. And after he buys all those guns, he comes out and he sees Woody Harrelson's character, which his name is uh, Manny. No. What's his name? Ooh, let's see here. I got uh, Galt. Manny Galt. Manny Galt. Yeah. yeah. And Frank Hammer. Um, but he sees him sitting on the on the, on the the bench outside of the, the gun store. Mm-hmm. And he, he comes out and he's like, He's got got room for one more, and he's like, "You're not even ready." And he flips out the 
a toothbrush and he does this that Woody Harrelson look. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think the characters that these guys played, I thought they were good, you know? Uh the the manners, I mean the I thought it was great casting. Yeah, is is good casting. For sure. Like they played well off each casting. other. Um and I mean I grew up watching these guys, so it's hard for me to admit like they're they're old, grumpy old guys now. Um but uh and they did it well. Like just the way they carried themselves, the fact that their ties were never all the way up. They looked sloppy in their suits. And they're just kind of uh, straightforward and to the point. I thought that was super interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, him pulling up to his house is kind of, you saw this contrast between the the life that Kevin Costner's Frank Hammer was living in a nice house, right? right? Um, nice front yard, mm-hmm. new car. And then his old partner, you go to his house, is kind of this rundown dump. Um, yeah, he's barely keeping it farm. together. But yeah, in reality, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it is it was interesting. Sure. So, um, I'm going to ask you about a little part of in the scene where uh, Frank Hammer, Kevin Costner, beats the living crap out of the gas gas station station attendant. Yeah. And so. Uh, for me that made me feel as if like he was like he was so frustrated because he couldn't keep up and there was a point where it just seemed like he was kind of thinking maybe i'm not as good as i used to be Mm -hmm. and maybe i'm not gonna catch them yeah you know and then the anger inside of him just comes out and he just starts whooping the guy not not only is he not going to catch them but people are going to die and he feels he feels guilty because he can't do it Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's that's one thing I wish the movie kind of showed us more is like, why did people like Bonnie and Clyde so much? Like, yeah. did, did, well, I mean, did you ever get that answer? The beginning. No, but I think it's all about it's because of the it's a it's the prohibition. So I mean, these people, or is it prohibition? Pro, well, it's prohibition, but Bonnie and Clyde had nothing to do with that. They weren't running alcohol or anything. Right. Um, no, but they these people were. They were, you know, I, I I would only I can only assume, and I'm pretty sure it's out there or somewhere, or we just didn't catch it in the film. Yeah, th- that's my. But point. I can only assume it's because the cops, the police officers, the police are stopping them. The sheriffs are stopping people from making a living. You know, because if you look at it. Bonnie and Clyde spend a lot of time in the in the ghetto parts, you know. Well, it's where when, it, when it's he, the, it's he's in there, depression, everybody's struggling. Um, and right. when his dad was telling the story, like you know, the kid stole a chicken, and then the law yeah. never let go of him. Um, and he's like, "Why do you steal mm-hmm. the chicken?" He's like, "Well, probably he's hungry." And he's like, "Well, we're all hungry." Like, I mean, everybody right. was feeling the effects of the depression. Like, I guess for me, like, because they, they showed it multiple times, the lure of Bonnie and Clyde, uh, the people protecting them um, at the one camp, the gas attendant not wanting to tell, the um, the fans in the one town when they recognized Bonnie and Clyde. And then even at the end, with all the people attending the funeral, like, 
I guess what would have been cool is explain to me why people um, like them, I guess. It's just maybe it's not, maybe we won't know unless we do oh, yeah, Google yeah. search. Well, I guess for me, like that's as a movie, if you're going to keep on showing me this over and over, it would have been great to have like a reason why. Some context. Yeah, some context. Um, yeah. I mean, like that jailbreak scene at the beginning was super good. Um, but like you only see them do bad things and you never, but people love them. Like I, for me, that's confusing. Right. What's the, what are they doing? That's good. Right. That makes people excited to see them. So yeah. hmm. that's a good question. I wish we knew the answer. <laughs> I wish they would have let us know in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it makes you think it was like a Robin hood style thing. Yeah. But it's not. Wait a minute. What about what about the time when he's at the, he asked the little girl for the water? Remember he asked the little girl or he asked him to get water and he's like in the squatter camp. Yeah, yeah. With the squatter camp. He shows her the picture. Yeah. The little, yeah, they, little girl yes, didn't they, protect, they protect her. No, but the little girl came up and said she gave me this. Yeah. So I wonder I wonder if that was that was them saying that Bonnie and Clyde are helping no. these people. Um, but um, yeah. like a doll doesn't help. I don't know. No, but it, well, I mean, to a little girl. Yeah, to a little girl, but yeah. Who's living in those conditions? I mean, yeah. that, that little doll could, you know, I'm not buying. It. Maybe it's a symbol, like like in um, the the oranges, you know. No, I'm not buying it. Not buying. It. Well, you know, you don't know. Don't buy it, but it might be it might be what they're selling you. Yeah, I need something better. Johnny Hancock. <laughs> How did you feel about the scene in the bathroom when Woody Harrelson? Yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. like that. I felt like that because he's this entire time he doesn't seem uh, like a tough guy. He doesn't seem like he's he's cut out for the job. You know, yeah. Like he 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 looks more old or he looks more old and worn out and retired mm-hmm. compared to Kevin Costner. Yeah, but in that scene, he he destroys those dudes and he like puts them in the in the uh, toilet. Yeah, puts his head in the toilet. He says, "I'm a Texas Ranger." At the end, yeah, as he walks out, like, how'd you feel about that? I, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was a good scene. Um, you know. I, they did a good job of putting uh, Woody Harrelson's character somewhere in the middle between Frank Hammer and then the mm-hmm. other young um, officer uh, from Bonnie and Clyde's town. Oh yeah, yeah the one the one when they start looking in the in the, on the side of the oh no 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 I know the, who you're talking about I know like talking the about. one that they even have at the end right. He's, he's the, the friend. Yes. He's the friend. He's the he grew, he grew up, up with them, with them. and. It's like, hey, look, you don't need to shoot. You don't need to shoot. You just need to identify them. Like, he didn't. He didn't want to force people to do necessarily things that, that he had to do. Um, so yeah, I th- I feel like, you know, they did a good job of making him somewhere in the middle, right? If Frank the Hammers is uh, the bad version of a good guy, and then the little boy is like the good innocent version of a good guy. Than Woody Harrelson's character somewhere in the middle, kind of this neutral version, 
and and still very capable. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun scene. Yeah. He held that kid, guy's uh, face in the toilet with his foot and then flushed it. Yeah. Um. What about the guy? Uh, um. The the detective that didn't like the Texas Rangers, but the Texas Rangers, you know, Frank and Manny, um, when they were looking in the dirt, and the guys like gets frustrated because they they yeah. they find evidence. Yeah, and he's like, "How he's you, that, like, how are you that scene was a classic scene of, hey, uh, we're we're the new people with new gadgets and toys." And we know better than you old farts who are living in the stone ages, right? Like we've mm-hmm. seen that, we've seen that scene in so many movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, mean, I, I guess it would have been cool if they could have thought of a new way to do it. Uh, there probably wasn't like a great new way to do it, but I mean, that's how I felt about that scene. I don't know if yeah. you got the same impression, but I mean, as soon as, as soon as they start doing this, like, Oh, I've seen the scene and all the movies where, where you have uh washed up old people trying to prove they still got it. That's the scene. Mm-hmm. So what'd you mm-hmm. think? Um, it was, it, I, it was probably one of the more humorous. Yeah. Parts of the film. Um, I, I felt the same way you did. I thought it was, I thought it was classic of that whole, um, battle the between, trope. between, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will say like um, they, they do another similar, uh, portion where they're chasing the kid that first time and they're both out of breath and the kid gets away. And the, the one thing I, I did like is like they, um, uh, Woody Harrelson's character hears the two-way radio. He's like, oh, what's that? And somebody's explaining, like, he takes a general interest in the new technology. Um, I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of, I thought that to me that was humorous because he's the old guy yeah. and he can be like, oh, well, wait, yeah, that is pretty cool. The new stuff. <laughs> I could mm-hmm. see where that'd be useful. Yep. 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 Um, so let's wrap this up. We've been chatting for an hour. Uh, no one's going to listen to the hour mark anyways, but you know what? We're going to put it out there. All right, everyone. So next week we're going to talk about uh, another Netflix movie, uh, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, go ahead and check it out. But it's called Murder Mystery. And um, yeah. And if you like this week's podcast, you go ahead and let us know what you think your favorite or what you think the best gangster movie is out there. My personal favorite is uh, Tom Hanks and Road to Perdition. Patrick, do you have a favorite gangster movie? Uh, no, because I'm a sissy and I don't like gangster movies. Mm. You should watch Road to Perdition. Well, let us know on uh, social media. And where can people find us, Patrick? Yeah, so you can find us on Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, Apple Play, uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, um and soundcloud and then you can always connect with us over on facebook um that one movie podcast and on twitter that one movie pod one